0: Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 85, Helping Local Neighbors. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us from the power of change, worldwide headquarters here in Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm here today with my good friend and co-host here on the Underground, Jesse Fury, who's sitting in a different chair today. We don't have video on for this episode, but he is now to my right instead of up in my face. It's good to see you over there. It's, it's, good be, Fury.
1: it's good to be here. We're, we're closer. <laughs> still six feet away. That's right.
0: That's right. Not going to be spitting any uh, diseases towards anybody because we have with us as a special guest seated in a in a chair that he actually bought for me as a gift. I don't know if you remember that, but that's, that is the chair. Dr. Abraham Hardy is with us today. Welcome to this headquarters, Billy.
2: It's a pleasure to be here. It's the first time I've been in here since we had drywall of it. <laughs> that's right. Prob- probably yeah, is. Bit- yeah.
0: We're probably the classic case of living too close and not seeing each other enough, so we need to constantly work on that. But our wives help with that because I think every time we've gotten together recently, they've arranged that. Thank God for them. Well, Except,
1: except for today. Here except, we are.
0: Except for today, we did this on our own.
1: Manpower. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Dr. Hardy was with us for episode 80 when we talked about husbands, fathers, with Dre Davis, Willie Pye. We had a great time, and he just followed up and said, Hey, man, you ever want to another uh a shot together let's do it and so here we are man uh, dr hardy is a practicing physician he is my physician not yet my proctologist but my physician uh he's he is uh, a doctor of osteopathy as i say right Um, a phd as well so he's doctor doctor he's a double doctor he's associate chair for primary care for rural and medically underserved populations at the edward vi college of osteopathic medicine i I put all your stuff on here because everything sounds official i'm impressed and then you find out he's married to sophia who's also a do phd F A C O P F A A P. I don't know what that is. Uh, also, my kid's pediatrician, department chair of pediatrics at Edward Via College of Osteopathic. In other words, I got two words for these guys: uh, Jesse, power couple. This is a power couple. <laughs> Very powerful powerness going on there with lots of letters, (laughs) lots of degrees, Uh, but uh, our friends that we're privileged to see now more often than we did in New Jersey. Thank you for joining us. And hey, here on the underground, we're in a series of podcasts, which uh, I just entitled. This was in March, by the way. It was before. Uh, all the the, the difficulties we 've seen with uh, unjust killings of men in America as well as protests and rioting and things so this these seven things are not a response to that. These were a response to looking at where we were as a culture during covid nineteen so the seven things needed to make a comeback were mental toughness. We needed to be able to have some fortitude of spirit in this world. We welcomed wrestling coaches with us on that. We talked about marriage and children with Dr. Hardy and uh, Andre. Davis and Willie Pyle, we talked about the importance of making things, manufacturing need to make a comeback in America, episode 82, civility and kindness related to just how we flow together in our public discourse was our last episode, and then today, number five, helping local neighbors. We will continue in this series on to why we need courage and strength in life as well as faith, hope, and love, but today, I had two guests in mind when I thought of who, who would I want to... Uh, chop it up with about uh, helping local neighbors, loving local neighbors, and the first person I thought of was my wife, Casey Monahan, and the second person was my good friend Billy Hardy. Well, the reason why is because I've seen these two in action, and my my uh, wife, unfortunately, uh, we tried to persuade her to come on, and she's like, "I don't want to be on a microphone and talking, and that's just not who I am." and Uh, I even got my kids because my kids have been on the podcast with me a few times. They were they were ganging up on her with me and say, Mom, it's not we know you're not going to be out there trying to pat your own back or 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 sweat yourself and try to hype yourself up. It would be good for people to hear because they agreed, right, that they should be on with us. But Billy, thank you. We know you're humble and not going to hear to uh, toot your own horn either. But you'd at least agree to hang out with me where my wife shut me down now. Our guest today, uh, Dr. Abraham, Dr. Wright, Reverend, Dr. Abraham Hardy, always be Billy to me. That's what I call you. Um, when I moved back to Blacksburg um, – Billy invited me into a group of men, for and I was with you guys for about a year, I'd say. Uh, there was meeting for a Bible study, which allowed me to have some sort of f- friendships again, to see a familiar face when I was transitioning from New Jersey, uh, get around country people again. Uh, but it was a wonderful time of hospitality that you extended to me. Uh, you've connected people at cookouts, at your house, uh, in your swimming pool, inviting lo- lots of different kinds of people together. Uh, you take medical students to Central America in, in the past to learn more than simply the science of medicine, but the science of people, uh, which is part of the healing task. And then even you connect and coach little kids soccer here all while having 16 letters behind your name and and doing what you do. And so I'm impressed. I really appreciate your flow. And so I'm glad you could be with us here today.
2: I don't know how I can follow that up, but just saying uh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, love for neighbors flows out of the scriptures. The the person of Jesus, obviously, very attractive in who he was, but also repulsive to some who didn't like him. He challenged the status quo of power and things. And uh, obviously, we forget that Jesus was crucified at times. Oh, Jesus was nice. Well, yeah, but he he challenged things, and quite centrally, he challenged our allegiances. Right? He he was even asked, "What is the most important commandment of all?" And he was speaking of the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament. And Jesus answered. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first and greatest commandment. And then he follows this up. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Man, it's helpful. When I first became a Christian, I wanted people to keep it simple simple for me. I was more comfortable with calculus at the time or or how to shoot a single leg than I was about the Bible. And a friend of mine, uh, Jesse, said, hey, yeah, here's what Jesus wants people to do.
1: Love him with with all they are, and and they love people. Pretty easy, right? I mean, it's easy to know that that's what we're supposed to do. Conceptually (laughs) simple, but uh, is there a little something else you'd like to add to that? I mean, it's... it, the second that your neighbor gets close to you, it's hard, right? That's right. That's right. I mean, it, it's not. It's not an easy thing to do to love uh, someone else. Yeah. H-
0: human beings are beautiful, wonderful creatures.
1: And frankly, it's easy to love God. I've been thinking about this a lot too. It's easy to love God when uh, everything is going well. And so even even God, who isn't actually capable of evil or or. Um, Sin against me. It can still be. It can still not be a simple thing or an easy thing to, uh, to love him
0: and even connecting. Hey, you. You say you love God, but you don't even love you know the dude next to you who right. you see right? right. Who you see right. regularly. Loving people that are wonderful, kind creatures is uh, delightful and easy. But at the same time, human beings are dastardly, twisted, crooked. Folks at times, all of us, right? All of us. And so my wife will tell you, sometimes I'm really hard to love. Would Sophia Abraham say that about you, Billy?
2: We always have some kind of ulterior motive or intention.
0: <laughs> yeah, right? that's right.
2: It's just how obvious other people can pick that up. Yeah,
0: for real. Your wife learns to know, oh, I know why you're asking me that exactly yeah we we've, we've we've had fights we've had two serious fights during COVID 19 which i for me i'm always bummed out about I'm like i can't believe we had a fight like that And my wife's like "Take hey, four months and we had two i think we're pretty good <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, she's always looking on the bright side of, of things but yeah we kind of know even when someone's trying to be a nice Why they'd be nice and um we can miss each other's motives. Things can get uh, misunderstood easily. Human beings are are wonderful but very difficult at the same time. And also we're um, rationalizers and equivocators. We're like, uh, well, uh, the question is I should love my neighbor. Well, the question is who's my neighbor? Is that people that look like me, act like me, talk like me, speak the same language I, I as I do? And one of the things about Jesus is that he liked to nail down the wiggling on these things And he told a story, actually, to help us really see uh, who our neighbor is. In fact, this comes down to us throughout history as the good Samaritan. It's a story, uh, and usually read out of Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 10. I'll read it for us. And sometimes we're like, oh, be like the good Samaritan. But there's more to see in this story because Jesus is trying to nail us for saying, hey, yeah, I love my neighbor. And usually what we mean by that is like, yeah, I love my friends. But he wants to say a little bit more than that. This is Luke ten twenty five through 37. And behold, a lawyer stood up, law dog, right? Anytime a lawyer stands up, you, you, you got to say, uh-oh, uh, to put Jesus to the test saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, what is written in the law? How do you read it? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, Jesus said to him, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. But he, this other guy, desiring to justify himself, said to Jesus, well, uh, well, who's my neighbor? And Jesus answered. Now, this is fantastic, right? Jesus is a better teacher than all of us. Uh, somebody asked, uh, who's your neighbor? We could have just said, "Well, well, everybody. But instead, because Jesus wants to slay, he tells a story. Jesus replied, a man was going from Jerusalem to Jericho, and he fell amongst robbers who stripped him and beat him and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance, a priest was going down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, that's a set-aside religious tribe in, in, in Jewish history, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side, but a Samaritan As he journeyed, came to where he was, and saw him, he had compassion. He went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. That's the medicine. Then he came and set him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii, dropping his own credit card. And he gave them to the innkeeper, saying, Take care of him. Whatever more you spend, I will repay you when I come back. Which of these three do you think proved to be a neighbor to the man who fell amongst the robbers? And he said, "The one who showed him mercy." And Jesus said, "You go and do likewise." Jesse, tell us a little bit about why this Samaritan, calling a good Samaritan, is a little bit ironic. If you heard that in the ancient world,
1: yeah. So, so the Samaritans would have been a kind of despised, maybe not so much an ethnicity, but a a multitude of people in, in the north who. Uh, Who represented a kind of um, doing it wrong, religiously wrong, right? So, so a a syncretism with the culture, a abandonment of most of the Torah, most of the of the of the Old Testament writings, and frankly, just offensive. You know, as far as if you were a good Jew in the first century, they're not the good guys. Yeah,
0: if you think about your own mind, like who are the people that I don't like? Now, all you good hearted people never think that way. Right. But right, this right. was a situation. In fact, we see it in John chapter 4 in the story of Jacob's well. It said, For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Yeah. Um, kind
1: of racial, kind of religious bigotry. Yeah. yeah like a, a really complex hybrid of racial, religious hatred and bigotry. That's yeah. right. Jesus would have t- said to this guy, He should have been the bad guy in the story. He should have for been. For he's sure. not the good guy. Yeah, the good
0: yeah. Samaritan would have been like, Oh, that's the bad guy. In the ones that, you know, religious Jewish observant yeah. law person would have thought were good, would have been priests and Levites. So neighbor is everyone, including right those whom we may not think as people we hang with. And the calling to love people is to show kindness, to show mercy to others. So that's the context in the Bible of loving our neighbors, but it's, uh, it's an adventure. It's a complexity uh, in modern American life to actually have time to give to other people because we're working jobs, taking care of ours, which, you know, responsibilities that God does give us to provide for our families and things like that. But Billy, let me ask you this question. Why should we care about the community? And by that, I mean, locally where we live. Why should we care about that if we're just, you know, we could spend all our time getting
2: ours? Tough question. I think for me, when I think of the story of Samaritan, what we'll kind of use the example at our church is it's someone that you wouldn't even look upon, meaning you wouldn't physically make an effort to see that person, nor would you ever see that person in the same area you were because there was so much disdain towards that group of individuals. Right now, Amen. on the contrary, we have this term called neighbor, right? We can look at <laughs> definitions and et cetera, et cetera. But if you're in, we use the word community. So you had a neighbor within your community, it's kind of like a job, right? You, you got to have buy-in with your job. So you like your job. If you don't have buy-in with, with the people in your job. They're just there getting a check and getting out. Right? right. So get mine and I'm out. But your neighborhood is kind of what you make it, yeah. or we at least have the opportunity to make it that way. Yeah, so even in, even in the neighborhood in which I live, there's not a lot of people that look like me in that neighborhood, but there are a couple than all the people the same age that I am, but there are a couple of old people. Yeah. yes, yeah. There's, there's the more senior folks there. So that's a group of people that may have grown up in a different time than me. So I make sure I make that conscious effort to be presentable, you know, out presenting myself to them if they need help with anything, you know, having my kids out and things of that nature so they can see what I'm up to. But at the same time, know that, Hey, I'm, I'm right here with you. You guys are home all day. You look after me and I get home then hey, I look out for you. Let me pull that wheelbarrow for you. you know? hey, Amen.
0: I like what your analogy there, because we, we typically think of, Hey, what I want to take care of my household. Right. Uh, but if we look at our community, it's kind of like, Hey, this is also where I live. Uh, loving others becomes very practical. And, you know, obviously Abraham, you're a black man in a neighborhood with older white people. Um, tease that out a little bit where you said, Hey, I want to be you know, out there. So they see me, see my kids. Is that so that they'll know that you're kind, human, loving, not a threat. Uh, tease that
2: out for me a little bit. It's almost everything that other people don't have to do. Yeah. Right? right. You don't have to go out with your kids and show them that you're playing with them. But what I like to do is not only take my kids, but I take the neighbor's kids all together. Oh, we're all out there together and I have all girls. So we have a bunch of little girls (laughs) out there playing, having a good time, being loud with music, et cetera, doing all these things. One, so they can see, Hey, this is this guy. So when they see me around the community, but at the same time, I'm probably the first person. Really up close. Yeah. yeah, Up close. Right. You know, when they have a get together, it's probably not a lot of people look like me. Right. However, At least I want to be a good representative for that. And shouldn't have to be that way. Right. It's that way. So let's let's do it right. Right. And it could be not even a color thing, but it could be a fact of being a man. Yeah. Right. right. It could be a fact of being an involved father. Yeah. Right. Um, So. Which in itself makes community better when you
0: have involved fathers right this we've done a lot on the podcast about that now I've I've always appreciated it uh, Billy over the years I even remember you and Willie in our basement when you guys were on a leadership team in campus ministry uh, sharing your frustrations openly about like doing press conferences when some of the black guys were like hearing stuff from reporters like oh you speak so well as if you can't speak English or anything or it's some shocking thing to me and they don't even realize what a ridiculous thing uh they were saying because they ain't saying that to everybody even old boy over there who who might speak some you know country english um your patience with that kind of stuff but your clarity has always been something i've appreciated and you the way you build bridges and bring people together has always been a really really attractive thing. It's something that i shared a passion for and that we've gotten to live together Well, in terms of loving our neighbors, right, um, some people maybe are more intuitive about doing that, like maybe kinder disposition people, like, I want to go take, cupcakes to everybody i'm not like that my wife is like that she's thinking that way um so that's more of an intuitive maybe others might have to be more strategic like hey i gotta make a plan or i gotta be intentional about this um what do you guys think is love for our neighbor is it just intuitive out of the goodness of our heart is it strategic a little bit of both uh do we need leaders joiners how does how, that work uh maybe in your communities
2: I'm curious what Jesse's point of view is. This bec- because this is what he does for a living. Yeah, he's right? a pastor. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he better be intentional. Uh, yeah, 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 I mean, and, and not say oh, that you man. ever have to fake that, but that sometimes you have to really make an effort, opposed to some yeah. people. I'm sure it's pretty easy.
0: Yeah, I can. I'm not a pastor now, but I can guarantee you there are days where pastors don't feel like loving folk. <laughs> it could have yeah. been right. Yeah. Maybe oh just- <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. For sure. We. um, I, I think, uh, love for neighbor can be intuitive or strategic. So to answer the question, uh, can I just say yes, you sure can. Yeah. So, so, um, can I circle back around because I'm, I'm really fascinated with Dr. Hardy with your experience in your neighborhood, which like, like we would consider probably a good neighborhood. Um, maybe I'll use air quotes for good. Yeah, yeah. And yet you have a constant, uh, uh, kind of way of following Christ in the, in, in sharing in the, in his suffering of, even in a, in a, again, I'm air quoting a good neighborhood. You, 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 uh, man, it's, it's hard to love your neighbor because of, of your experience in that cultural context. And I just, I, I just want to say, I mean, that's, it's a challenge that I I haven't thought about. Like my neighbor across the street from me, uh, who I like and I love and I try to love. He did not like us moving into the neighborhood and he very clearly, I'm sure he's not listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure. Uh, uh, that became really clear, but, um, you know, we, he, we had like leaving dead chickens on your porch. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we, we started have, we had kids running around like crazy. We had cars parking everywhere. Cause we hosted a small group at our house. And, and, and when people would, you know, when you're a host, I, I wasn't standing outside directing traffic. I'm just assuming people are using their common sense and not parking in my neighbor's parking yard. on his lawn. Right. So, so I just got, I really got cussed out and yelled at. And, uh, And 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 it and but to think about if I were a black man in in my neighborhood, which is mostly mostly white, that adds a dimension that I just I've never had to think about, and so I just I'm I'm circling back around and say, man, that that's a that is a a challenge um, to love your neighbor. Uh, In my particular case, uh, my neighbor that took uh, that took a lot of strategy. So um, I got yelled at. I got uh, and frankly. I just said, "Man, you're right. We I've been a bad neighbor. I'm really sorry." And that kind of diffused things. Like and, purge me. I should be purged. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh so the, but the next day I went out and spent a few hundred bucks on gravel and stone and I basically just went out with a with a with some hand tools and I cut into my yard to build parking. So, and that then, people and then, would
0: know not to park it. Yeah,
1: yeah. And then I went back over and said, "Hey man, I know I totally understand why you're frustrated. I just want you to know I want to make an effort. I'm going to try and get our people to stay off of your your lawn and park on our lawn. And that took strategy. If I left it just to intuition, um, I, I just don't think I would love my neighbors very well. Yeah.
0: It's been interesting to me to watch Casey over the years because she's not an extroverted person. Obviously, she doesn't want to be on the podcast. Um, She's kind of more private, introverted person, but she's constantly thinking of kind things to do. Like even recently, she's like, hey, it's our neighbor's birthday. And I've got these leftover signs from one of our kids' birthdays. Hey, let's go out and put them in their yard. I'll call the wife and make sure it's okay. And so I'm sneaking around, blessing (laughs) this dude that I don't know. I don't know him. (laughs) But my wife, I'm doing it with my wife because she thinks about stuff like that. Yeah. And she thinks about people, how they're experiencing life. She thinks about our kids in, in that way as well, which I've always, it's kind of marvelous to me because I, I have to be more strategic because I get focused, I get working on things. And so she helps bring me out and say, Hey, these are really good things to to engage with people around
1: us. Um, Can I throw one more thing out and then I'll back out. Something that Bonhoeffer, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, uh, has taught me in his writings is that it's hard to hate someone you pray for. Mm. And so, so for me, and I don't know where that falls in intuitive or strategic, but, um, but praying for actual people by name has really changed. It's been a change for me in, 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 in being able to love someone more. Because if I'm, if I'm not just, you know, and what I don't mean is naming someone and then praying, God, would you get them? yeah or make them make them agreeable to me That's right but but actually praying for their their actual needs and and blessing has been um it's just really helped me to love my neighbors Amen
0: Billy when you were a student undergrad you know we ran a ministry here together uh for athletes and you know had probably hundred to 150 athletes involved every kind of background economically racially different things and uh something that we were all passionate about as a leadership team is to build you know create communities where we welcome each other and learn about each other and that was just you know a delightful season of life and then uh, i had the opportunity uh to uh i mentioned this on the other podcast i got the opportunity because you blessed me by asking me to do your wedding um which uh in terms of i'm a white dude i'm Irish I have a certain cultural background uh, my second culture third culture that I'm most familiar with is, is black culture and Indian culture and so you're like yeah little Indian girl and I was like okay so I knew those worlds and then I also thought ooh, that's going to be interesting uh, just because I've been around Indian people with black people not there and I've been you know around other folk talking about folk and so um, describe uh, a little bit about your relationship with your girl um, and how that those family dynamics were in the early early days when you guys first started getting serious about uh stepping towards the the wedding day when you
2: first asked the question i had it like oh, i was listening to this podcast <laughs> <laughs> i want to keep it real but i don't want to be real dumb <laughs> i think when once we got to the point where we realized it was more than that strong like yeah i think every man knows that when you kind of went from oh, i kind of like her to kind of like who are you talking to? Yeah, yeah, I gotta, I gotta be in on this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Why do you always study with him? What's yeah. wrong with me. But uh, yeah. So once we get to that point, you guys met I, in medical school, yeah, right? Medical yeah. School. Yeah. yeah. So we really tried to try to kind of isolate ourselves and nurture our relationship before we branched out and explained it to our families, right? Um, obviously, as you mentioned, there are significant cultural differences. Um, fortunately, coming from the same faith background. Yeah, that makes it that makes it a little bit more easier for us to to break the news, per se, to find the unifying ground in the gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So once we decided to make that next step and explain that to our our parents individually, um, it was it was a challenge, I'd say, on both sides. Uh, Obviously, some families, some my side being a little bit more receptive, um, they wanted to make sure that she was a believer. That yeah, was the, That was the most yeah. important thing. Um And then I would say deep down, I mean, most parents want them, their child to find someone with same values. Yes, we get that part. Yeah. And it would be great if they had the same cultural background or upbringing. It makes it a heck of a lot easier to raise your kids. Right. 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 Cause we have our Christianity, our belief, but then we have our cultural right. things that bring in, come into the picture. And,
0: you, and for your African American in America, for her immigrant families, different places, in the world. different. Ab- yeah.
2: ab- absolutely. Yeah. I mean, she's, I guess she's really African-American. She's from Africa. (laughs) She's from Tanzania. And I always say that's on the continent of Africa, for those that may not remember that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's where she's from. And of course, me being a local boy right here. Um, So yeah, there was definitely cultural differences that uh, that, uh, made it challenging. Anything down from, let's say, music. Right. And, and,
0: and, and this is something that's odd to say, but there are lots of cultures that, you know, when someone marries outside of that, it's a little bit like, Ooh, and I saw this marrying a white dude to an Indian girl up in Jersey. Um, certainly I've seen some things with my African-American friends married to white women, uh, things that on both sides, they've had to really work through in, in building blended families or building understanding. And so, you know, even like, um, That's an intuition people have. Oh, she, she's not black or, Oh, she's not white. Um, merging those things and you kind of got to win over folks a little bit, I think.
2: Sure. You, you gotta, gotta stay true to yourself, but at the same time, you know, you know, you're on, you're on, yeah, you're under a microscope from the things that you're doing, the things that you're saying. Um, but, I mean, you you and I were very close, and I always thought you were so much older than me because you're so mature. That, and I realized like we're about the same age. <laughs> what are, you, are you forty? Forty yeah. one? So forty and uh, next Tuesday you'll be forty. Yeah, so I'm
0: almost forty eight though. Yeah, come yeah, on, yeah. so I was eight hey, years old when you were a baby. You're, now you're come the, you're on, the, you're the same age as my brother. So yeah, one, yeah that Makes it. he's he, he's a lot older than us. <laughs> <laughs>
2: but but yeah, so I mean, really getting kind of poured into by mentors. What? How should I handle this? um because if it is going to be leave and cleave as we say from the Bible yeah. it doesn't really matter unfortunately it, it, it well fortunately it doesn't matter what the family says this is a choice that i have to make and i have to live with the the rewards and of course yeah. the failures that come with that yeah and the, is,
0: and the difficulties I, yeah. I remember you guys planning your wedding including elements from traditions mm-hmm. uh that were valued by both families in yeah. both in terms of the way she wanted to dress and and how you kind of even converted some using of ribbons to make mm-hmm. it very kind of uh, both of you putting scriptures on them and sure. things like that um and then i don't know how dance dance revolution got involved in the reception uh but that was a beautiful expression we just we
2: wanted to keep it mixed up everything <laughs> everybody up. not know what's happening here's the cool thing now that we are established couple in the area we're like the hub for um interracial families and kids and cultures right. um i'm just looking at over the last couple of days the kids that have come over and played both yeah. of their parents are from different cultural backgrounds right and you know it, and it's awesome yeah and it's kind of like when we see someone out if we're if we're at stepping out yeah like i'm intentional yeah when, it, when we see someone is stepping out and they don't look the same. We automatically walk up to them, especially if they have kids about the same age. We walk up to them. Hey, how's it going? Nice to meet yeah. you. And then I kind of present. And as a special prize, this is my wife. Go, oh. <laughs> so you're like us. we like you. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's kind of the icebreaker. And then, of course, people that are in the same cultural background that are together and they see it's like, oh, yeah. These guys are pretty cool.
1: Yeah. So, amen. And so, so he's answering the he's answering all the questions right there, <laughs> right? Like, like that doesn't happen if he doesn't if if Dr. Hardy, if you're not caring about the the local community and and being established here, you're not looking around for that. You're not, you know, people aren't looking to you, and then that sounds pretty strategic, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Pretty I mean, thoughtful.
0: because you know, you can be a place for them in Southwest Virginia, yeah. uh, which is, it's got different kinds of whiteness too in Southwest Virginia. Uh, you can see that, hey, we'll be something that's a comfort to people and then your presence and it's enjoyable as well, right? You get to hang out with, with uh, people from all over the world and, and interracially married people. I mean, you, you guys experience life in a way that's rich and robust, but also some stresses and strains, both internally, externally, uh, that are are unique um and you got those beautiful mocha babies too we've just been blessed to be around your family being back here it's been great our daughters being able to babysit and stuff and my wife too um well in terms of uh tracks to run on guys i just wanted to spend our last uh, you know 15 minutes or so together uh riffing on some ideas like hey what are some things that we can do to get our because a lot of times you look in america like like Dr. Abraham, you are unique, man. I'm telling you, you bridge gaps, you bridge people, you win people over quickly, in uh, rich, poor, all kind of different backgrounds of people. Uh, that's unique, man. That's very unique. You're a special guy. I'm, I'm sweating you too much. But um, not everybody's like that, right? A lot of people just, you know, they head into their house, they, they put on Netflix, they go to work, and that's it. And most people are lonely disconnected from local communities so hopefully in the last few minutes we can be helpful just to, to simplify a little bit that this isn't rocket rocket surgery to try to get out there and meet some people or do some things in, in our communities love our neighbors uh, but also uh, that that uh, in our uniqueness of our story and what we love and are good at that might help us find avenues to connect in the community uh, one, one thing that uh, makes a lot of sense to me and my wife because we're athletes, right? Um, You know, if if something you've done for most of your life, it's very easy to keep doing that. Right. So my wife coaches everywhere and she uses an avenue of coaching, not just because she loves uh, football and by that I mean soccer. But she loves people. And I, even today, she's training uh, a young lady in our backyard here, a high school girl uh, who's very elite now. And my, my wife's been training for three or four years. Um, she's investing in this young girl as as a person as well as her foot skills. And so because my wife has soccer gifts, she can then love people in the midst of that, same thing. When I volunteer with you know the high school wrestling program, you know if I can beat up on a guy, they're going to listen to me about life a little bit more in that world. So doing things we love has been easy. What are some things or ideas that you guys have used to kind of put yourself in proximity
1: to serve and love people? Well, uh, a couple things come to mind for me. One is you know obviously I am a pastor, so there's a certain kind of vocational uh, directedness to this. In some ways, um, I get paid to be in proximity with people. And so you're a soul doctor. Uh, yeah, that's right. And so, um, whether I'm good or not, it's a whole nother story, but, uh, um, a couple of things outside of that. Uh, one is, is thinking about my actual neighbor. So having a, having a community within our neighborhood. So we belong to this little private pool, um that Ooh. is yeah, it's, it's far <laughs> is far like the Abraham Hardy backyard pool it's pretty nice <laughs> no this little little shareholder pool in town um it's it's it sounds more elite than it is <laughs> it's uh, radford <laughs> You got some dad yeah, you got in it. like that. No, <laughs> yeah. no, we clean the pool. Uh, we get We use chemicals. It's a real pool, uh, but it's in our actual neighborhood. So we can walk there. And a lot of people walk there from our neighborhood. So that, you know, that way you're, you're seeing It costs a few hundred bucks a, a year for dues. So it's not, not a lot. So we, we walks in the neighborhood. We, Je, Jenny was out, my wife, Jenny was out walking with our four kids probably a week ago and she just didn't come back. I was like, Hey, where are you? Like it's been like a long time. And she's like, oh, I stopped over at the neighbor. So we had this neighbor that's always walking. And she's got a little little uh, little boy. But we hadn't talked to her because we didn't know where she lived. But but Jenny was walking by with our kids. And they were in the backyard. And they just stopped and started talking. And then they just were there. And she, and as a matter of fact, she said, why don't you come over? So I went over there. And we ended up hanging out for a while. So ha- having pro- we, we're already in proximity with people. Uh, another thing for me, with this just to go along with do the things you love with others, is um is exercising. So like... Um, working out at the gym and trying to get in the same time frame, so you're seeing the same people. Uh, even if that's a sacrifice with my schedule, to just say, "Well, I'm gonna go at eleven every every day, and then go to work early." You're
0: doing week. like pull ups and power cleans and stuff, not like aerobic. I was trying, I was
1: trying not to mention CrossFit, so it didn't snacks. sound like there was a. Yeah. Uh, jumps.
2: <laughs> throw this tire around. He's doing marathon. You never know day. when you need to throw a
1: tire around. <laughs> See, this is why I didn't want to say CrossFit. <laughs>
0: So take up other religions. Keep going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't advise idolatry, but, <laughs> uh, but, but getting in, getting in there at the same time so that you can have a relationship with the same 10 or 15 people. Yeah. Amen. Um,
0: I've met, I've met your neighbors at you. You've done several pool parties at your, your pool. Um, that's been a real blessing to to see. You're like, Connecting people like the internet over at the Hardy Hacienda. Uh, Boy, I've watched sports over there with you guys. Met some folks. Met your uncle. Um, Wonderful, wonderful times. Uh, My wife, man, she's involved. She's a PTO president next year. She met with the, like, high school principal today. um, And that's something that she just... She's like, I want to know what's happening. So she got involved and then, you know, she's a responsible person. So she's like, yeah, we got to take responsible. This is something that I think is very important. Taking responsibility for your local things, your, your local government, your local school system. And I've certainly watched my wife do that while I'm traveling around doing stuff around the country. She's very invested in Blacksburg. And that's one of the things, you know, we go to church in Radford, but live in Blacksburg. It's been hard for us because we're so, so connected here. Yeah. um, That it's,
1: uh, it's been I don't bitter. like the way that you say the word Radford. Radford. you got a Radford. <laughs> I like Radford. It's like Nazareth. It's like, it's like it's disconnected you Samaritans.
2: <laughs> Radfordians.
0: No, we love Radford.
2: But, it, but it's a different community. Yeah, for sure. it is. It's yeah. different, different, different place. In parentheses, that's where I was born. You are born in Radford? Yeah, man. And grew up oh, in Christiansburg? I, I was in the old Radford High Hospital. Wow.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right near my house. Yep, yep, yep. yep. So, wow. yeah, so I got
2: my my mom went to Radford, my dad went to Tech, and you know, I wow. don't need to spare the details, but bam.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was New River
0: Valley, yeah, born, yeah, bred, yeah. raised, and running for mayor. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, when, so you were, when you get involved politically, what are you, are you running for mayor of Blacksburg first? What are you going to
2: do? That's actually one of my hidden. Uh, oh, I it's not, not hidden oh, hey, anymore. Hey, yes. I got the signs. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> it goes bigger than the local part, but that's just. Abraham, would
0: you like just... to announce your candidacy <laughs> yes. on <know> the gospel underground? <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but but uh, yeah, so going back to your question, you know, kind of your intentions and how you how you go about um, and how your significant others go about ingredients. I say my wife is uh, sounds like a lot like yours as far as, you know, they want to make some cookies. We got new, like we had a new neighbor that moved in. They had cupcakes from us probably this first week they were in there. And then yeah. my wife's like, yeah, I do it. We take it over. And they were kind of like, man, what is this like? Mayberry? Yeah. Like that's, that's kind of how we get down. Yeah. Right. We're going to be around until you tell us not to be around. That's right. Right. I don't approach it. What do I like about you? I always approach it. What is something about you that I don't like? Which means I got to go and make an effort to get to know you. One of my neighbors, I know his wife really well. She loves gardening. I don't know him very well to the point I had to ask him yesterday what his name was He was out in his yard. Cause I introduced him to my other neighbor who's on the other side of the street. They're both older men. They both like fishing. I have zero interest in you fishing. Connect, you connect so I was, them. Like, hey. I was like, Hey man, come on over this way. So I brought him over and met the other guy. They, My guy had been living in our neighborhood for 23 years. Never met the guy. Wow. So I introduced him. They started talking fishing and I was slowly trying to like (laughs) back away (laughs) because I'm not interested in that. That's right. And uh, it was just funny watching these two guys kind of talk their fishing stories. Yeah. You know, what do you fish? What kind of fish you like? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And see see what that may sound
0: like very simple, but connecting elderly people who, who probably lives a very isolated situation. And we know, and you know, as a physician, the effects of loneliness on people, um, uh, just doing that. It's such a kindness to even say, Oh, I don't know about tied to fly or fish. Cause I'm, I'm same way. Some dudes start talking about fishing. I'm like, okay, I'm out. But the connection that you make for others is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing.
2: Plus it's easy. My, my love language is acts of service. So doing something for someone else, that's, that's, yeah. that's easy. Right. Yeah. That's, that's super easy. But words of encouragement, I'm not so good at that. <laughs> Unless it's, you need to run fast, you yeah, need yeah, to yeah. run hard. Exactly. Come pick this up. You can come have me over <laughs> here. Turn, uh, turn the lights off. Sorry. That's, that's uh, my dad right there. Yeah.
0: Abraham has helped a couple years ago train Kayla a little bit to get her in better physical condition. Mm. He says, Yeah, uh, Uncle Billy's serious. <laughs> like, that's why I got you running with him. Uh, well, it's, uh, it's real easy to get absorbed into our own stories and our own lives, and it's actually good for us. Remember, in the New Testament, the Bible says that God has given us commands, and his commands are not burdensome. Uh, the law is called the law of liberty, or something that gives freedom. And so these commandments, which Jesus used to summarize, love God, love your neighbor, are actually good for us. And I think too often, when we're not uh, stepping out of ourselves either intuitively or intentionally to love other people, we miss something right in our own our own story um kids how how was, how is having kids involved in different things connected you with others
1: well we're we're a bit different because we homeschool. so so you avoid people
2: <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm just kidding <laughs> we we support all schooling we have a whole
0: episode on all the schoolings
2: well I think I think we're all homeschooling now, if I'm not mistaken. So, welcome, so I'm pro welcome, yes. yeah, I'm welcome, pro homeschool. Yeah, that's right. My teenagers, teenagers are, are self schooling. Oh yeah, yeah. Our homeschool teacher books. for my kids is terrible.
1: Though. <laughs> 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 terrible. We try. We we do try. You know, as a homeschool family, it 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 is it does make it more challenging, right? Because you have to be more intentional to have your kids connected with other kids outside of the church or outside of the homeschool community. Uh, and you as as family members to be more connected and so so for us there's there's quite a bit of intentionality even around things like the pool uh, uh rec rec league sports uh, our kids are too young to you know our kids are all elementary school age or younger we got a two-year-old too so um so just getting out there you know yeah. um uh, being involved in in sports being in, at the library like everybody at the library knows our family and our kids and so of course, small for raffords. So.
0: <laughs> you know, it's um, we public school. You guys have done Christian school and public school. Mm-hmm. You've homeschooled. This is one of the things about how we choose to educate our kids. Uh, there are uh, drawbacks and benefits to each each of yeah. those. And I think Jesse, you're wise to say, okay, here's the challenges of homeschool as we have we have challenges with public school, right? Because our kids are they're gonna hear some nonsense, um, and to adjust to those to in order to love our kids and bring them up well. Uh, Abraham, you still. Coach Coaching little kids soccer, beehive running around soccer,
2: absolutely, absolutely. Say no, we say no. bee <laughs> no ball, no bee ball. my kids, yeah, no bee ball. We don't want to be little bees. But yeah, that's kind of how I really tried to get my kids invested in the community and and me in the community as well. Is is by coaching. Once again, some of these kids may not have any male interaction, that's right? Irrespective of color and backgrounds and all, just male interactions in general. So we got some single parents, you know, single moms. And I try to be hey, look, I'm gonna treat them. You know, I try to stay away from uh I try to stay away from words like your parents. Yeah. That's been a hard adjustment. Yeah, parents. Our yeah. mom and dad. Right. You know, I try to say, you know, I don't say caregiver because that just sounds so impersonal. Yeah. But I was like, you know, whoever brought you here today, <laughs> make sure you do this drill at home. or You're whatever. grown up boss. Yeah, You're it, exactly. Boss. <laughs> You're a responsible unit person. Absolutely. And most people have grandparents. I'm like, <laughs> make sure you do this with your grandpa. I, he's too old. I can do it with my dad. Well, do it with him. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, so that's, that's kind of how I get with my kids. And we still do stuff now. We'll get a group of kids together and say, let's go to the park. Tell the parents, drop them off. I said, you guys go run errands. We're going to be here doing some soccer. We're going to be here playing some Frisbee. We'll have some ice cream or, you know, whatever the case may I'm gonna
1: be. I'm going to drop my kids off.
2: We, we <laughs> love it. We love I think we had like uh, we had like 35 kids over You're for kidding. Valentine's Day. It was awesome. Whew, yeah, we'd have cool. them over. Yeah, what. It's one of those things. Hey, parents, you guys do what you need to do. Go, yeah. make, go make some more whatever you want to do. You guys have and done
0: date them. nights for couples. Drop your kids off with us. Go out on a date. You guys did that as well, right? Yeah, and yeah. I think we, we participate.
2: It's funny because a lot yeah. of people are like, wow, you guys are great couples. I said, no, we do that because we have 35 opportunities now yeah. for somebody to repay that favor back. So it's a motive. I you, remember, you. you remember when <laughs> you dropped your kids off? Yeah, That's yeah. right. I told you at the very beginning, everybody's Tom got a motive. <laughs> <That's> 35 <laughs> opportunities. Hey, I love the
1: coaching. I love the coaching aspect too, because when you're coaching, not only are you getting to know those kids, but their their uh, their their adult bosses, grandparents, parents, siblings, and the um, human care unit. Human care unit, (laughs) and you're getting to know the other coaches, the referees, the the people in the rec department. Uh, You know, I was coaching my kids soccer this spring. It it got it got destroyed by COVID. We didn't we never played a single game, but you go into the drafts and you get to know the other coaches and you you know anyway you're 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 becoming you That's become right. more, more, more of a part of the community. That That's way. right.
0: And guys, look, we're talking a little bit about, you know, rec sports, coaching and things like that. But look, just stop for a second and just ask yourself, what are some of the things you love? If you really do like planting flowers, there are community people doing stuff with gardening, 4-H, animals. I mean, it, you know, there's the, it's limitless music you know, DJing, whatever it might be. Uh, just think about what you love and then, yeah, as a Christian get around other people, right. Opportunity to love and an opportunity for sharing the gospel. Cause our mission is to represent the rule and reign of Jesus and share the good news with other people. Any other final, uh, th- thoughts that you guys might have, you want to share about, uh, final Just, thoughts.
2: Yeah. I say for, for me, I said, kind of final thoughts. I think of, we have a fortunate opportunity now to go and make an effort to meet people, right. Uh, for the most part, I'd say locally we have that opportunity, but there's a point, there was point in times where that wasn't the case, right? I'll look back. I love numbers, right? So we're looking at 1863, right? We're talking about emancipation proclamation, right? So the people were separate for whatever reason, but they were separate, right? Yeah. That comes into play. Now, of course, really doesn't kick into 65, but whatever. Yeah, so yeah. It's, it were people now have to have the, they have to be assimilated with one, one another. is over. Or we'll look at segregation, right? right. Is another one enforced legal segregation that wanted said keep apart, right? And in Virginia, nineteen fifty nine, right, around that time, so interracial marriage was
0: illegal. Absolutely,
2: women in the workplace, right? right? So a lot of those barriers are starting to be broken down, or may not even be there anymore. So we have an opportunity to get a chance to know people. For me, it's fun to learn other people, and. What's their what's their quirks? What kind of things do they do? Is it interesting? Is it not? Et cetera. That's right. That's right, right. Because you always need a babysitter, <laughs> <laughs> and it comes back around. <laughs> and it Comes back around. Well, the, I, the Irish nice. are good babysitters. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> we got we have like a list and list of babysitters. Yeah, man. Just for being nice.
0: You know, the the interaction that we get to have with other people is part of the blessing of being alive uh, and experiencing God's creativity and, and history unfolding in different places and peoples and what shaped them and music and ideas and flow and culture. And uh, a lot of people still today don't get that opportunity. And I think that all of us uh, have been enriched by that. And certainly, uh, Billy, your example to many. I remember saying this. I said this at Billy's wedding. Uh, I don't know if you remember this. Uh, uh, We also call Billy wine because he was nicknamed that in college. And I was like, what are you talking about? He likes some ripple or something. And um, Willie, Willie Pyle actually said, no, he's genuine. So so they called him wine, and, and, and I like that too. But I, at his wedding, I was, I was saying, you know, um, and there were some conscientious objectors still, you know, that were uh, coming around. We probably won them over now about the marriage. And I remember saying, you know, there are times in life you meet a young man that you wish you could freeze for your own daughters. And I'm looking at the people that I knew were objectors still. <laughs> and I was like, this man is one of those men because you bring people together and I appreciate you. I still don't know, man, if, when I turn 50 If I can do some of them exams with my doctor But we'll have to figure hey, <laughs> As
2: long as you answer no to the five questions I, I never right? pee at night yeah, yeah, yeah. But I do I, I, yeah. I don't have to wake up multiple times Is 10 too many? <laughs> yeah, it's too 10 too, too many? I got a machine gun training. Just, is that just, bad? just doctor, get
0: somebody else to put on the glove You know, we're too close for this Do you do, you do home visits? <laughs> exactly, exactly I'm can, doing can direct at least primary my care. care That's right Well, the opportunities are before us, guys, to uh, love God, to love uh, our neighbors, and to love our enemies. And certainly in our time that we live today, that needs to be taken to heart, that we would be kind and respectful to all, learn, submit, repent of our own sins, both culturally and individually, as we build a better life together. Guys, thank you so much for uh, joining me today here in the Shed Quarters, The Gospel Underground. Is a joint production of Power Change and the Bonhoeffer House. Review us on iTunes. We take five stars. We discriminate against two star reviews. Send your comments, feedback, questions you might want us to take up here on the underground to info at gospelunderground.org. We are dialogue taking place in Radford, on the streets in the borderlands between the church and culture. We hope to see you out there. Peace. Peace.